Now, if you don't struggle with mental health, you probably know someone that does. Welcome to the Erasing Shame podcast. We are erasing shame about mental health by having honest talk for healthy living. We are so glad you can join us. Welcome to the Erasing Shame series. We're going to be talking about mental health during this special summer series. My name is DJ Chuang. Thank you for tuning in. I'm joined with my friend, uh, Dan Jung. And we want to introduce the series to you and talk about our partnership with Asian American Christian Counseling Service. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Thanks, DJ. Well, we're having a casual conversation. One of the things that we want to do at Erasing Shame is to open up honest talk about healthy living. And that includes relationally, mentally, emotionally, and personally. Now, if you go to our website, erasingshame.com, you can look at our first season of podcasts that we recorded on Facebook Live, and it's available on YouTube, as well as uh, iTunes Podcast. And we've had 15 episodes of really good conversation about different aspects of shame and life and how we can uh, erase that shame so that we can move towards health. Um, encourage you to check that out. And then this summer, we're actually going to zone in. So during the first season, uh, we talked about all kinds of different aspects of shame during this summer series, we're going to zone in on different aspects of mental health. We'll talk with experts as well as personal stories of people who have struggled with different aspects of mental health. And we, it is our hope that as we open up this conversation, have some honest talk that's unscripted, unedited, and just authentic. I mean, this is our one take. Yep. Um, that you'll see that we're, we're not trying to put on a show, we're not trying to manipulate, but we want to invite you to take that next step towards healthy living. Now, if you don't struggle with mental health, you probably know someone that does. And statistics are pretty high. And then um, for us as Asian Americans, it's that much of a difficult topic to talk about. Well, that, that's kind of the context for what we're doing. And we were able to come into partnership with Dan Jung's organization. So tell us a bit about Asian American Christian Counseling Center, and then I'll uh, pick it up with uh, how we got together. Sure, absolutely. Um, I'm Dan Jung. I'm the Executive Director of Asian American Christian Counseling Service. Uh, we have offices in Alhambra, Cerritos, Torrance, uh, West LA, and we've been in the community for uh, over 30 years now. We've uh, This is what we do. Uh, I came across DJ and his, and, his pod, and his podcast on Facebook Live, and I, and I just thought, you know, that's, that's what we do. We are in the community. We are um, really advocating and fighting for the emotional, uh, relational, and uh, just mental health of, of the Asian American community. Um, and so we're excited. We're excited that we're uh, going to have some therapists from our organization on, uh, on this summer series. We're going to talk just real authentically and um, just honestly about what are some of the things that we can do to come alongside folks that are hurting in the community? Um, so I uh, hope you'll enjoy it. I hope this will be uh, really something that will encourage you, something that will, um, yeah, that will just will be a help uh, for, for our folks in the community. Yeah, and first a word to our sponsor that's made this possible. We've received a grant from the California Mental Health uh, Service Authority. One of the things that uh, people... Uh, Simon Sinek, especially a popular author and speaker, says it's always good to start with the why. So why are we doing this? 
Well, Erasing Shame was an idea I had about five years ago uh, in my own journey uh, through life and learning how to manage my own uh, aspect of emotional and mental health. And that will be a future episode. Um, and uh, I thought, uh, what could I do to combine my life experiences to really uh, be an expression of who I am? Uh, how do I find my own voice? and also to help other people. And the culmination of all that came together this February as I looked for some people that could join me in this project because I didn't want to do a monologue about erasing shame. It really needs to be a conversation, a, a uh, talking about things that are hard to talk about with a few people uh, that were also willing to talk. And so my co-host Eunice Lee joined me uh, starting February and we began that conversation. Eunice Lee is a Korean-American, uh, second generation, and I myself, uh, first uh, 1.5 generation Chinese-American. I came to the U.S. when I was eight. I grew up in a traditional Chinese family. My parents had very strong Chinese values and that means I was out of touch with my feelings until like, I was in my 30s. And so all, all that to say, uh, it's been a long life. I'm 52 now, and uh, I'm kind of at the age where uh, I want to be something that I didn't have, uh, especially for my son and his generation. Uh, one of the things that I've done and uh, had the privilege to do is uh, leadership development, uh, particularly in the nonprofit space and also the social media space. And... Uh, time and time again with Asian Americans, young, young adults, people in college, uh, the thing they want most is having a mentor and a role model. And so I'm not perfect. I'm, uh, I have plenty of flaws, but I think I can be a role model by being honest with myself, honest with my struggles, and also how I found help. And um, so we're, we're opening up ourselves that way so that you too can open up and find help. Uh, so that's that's the why behind Erasing Shame. And then this summer, uh, we want to uh, focus on the conversation with uh, mental health because that's such a difficult issue to talk about, not just in mainstream America, because it's part of the outreach program, but it is extra hard in the Asian and Asian American cultures. Now, I'm going to lean in on Dan and ask for some of his expertise about this area. So why is mental health so difficult for Asian Americans to talk about? Well, it's, it's like everything. It's multi-layered. It uh, has a lot of diversity in that answer. <clears throat> but I think one of the things you just talked about, it, it really keys in on um, one of the key aspects of the stigma surrounding mental health in the Asian American community. And something you just did there is, is really powerful. You're able to be vulnerable. You're able to be um, authentic and say, hey, I'm not perfect, but this is what I want to do. You know, I've had my journey. I've had my uh, my ups and downs and my trials in life, but this is who I am and this is what I want to do. And that doesn't come naturally to a lot of folks coming out of uh, Asian cultures and then even into like the, the later generations, Asian American cultures. Um, it's difficult. It's hard to say that I'm, I'm not okay or I'm not perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say that um, even this is who I am and this is what I want. We come out of uh, yeah. communal cultures. Mm -hmm. where uh, it's not just an individual that you have to think about or you have to be aware of. It's an entire family. It's an entire community. And I think though that's where the kind of the dirt that the, that the shame grows in, those are the roots. It comes in that communal 
kind of area where everything that I go through, everything that I feel or or struggle with as an individual has ramifications out into the family, has ramifications out into mm-hmm. the community. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad it's not necessarily a bad thing, but that if we don't talk about that, you know, if we're not honest and open about that, that can really lead to a lot of um, issues in terms of our relationships, in terms of who we think we are and how we fit in the world. And um, that's, I think, at the clinic. I think that's what we bring to the table because we believe that that's our lived-in experience. And we, we like you, just want to wanna come alongside people and help. That's very good, very good. Now, uh, I know in uh, my own journey, I'm not trained in psychology or psychiatry and I think the um, the words and the reputation of that is just uh, uncomfortable yeah definitely yeah and I know for myself I didn't get counseling until I was into my 30s mm-hmm. because I had that uncomfortableness I didn't want to bring shame to my family mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really think I had a problem because I was still able to hold down a job and um, to do the everyday things mm-hmm. Uh, however, I discovered that I was out of touch with my feeling. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in touch with, with my voice, and I just had this dissatisfaction with life. Yeah. Now, uh, from my background, I, I learned to survive and to persist mm-hmm. and to do actually pretty well yeah. in yeah. school and career. But boy, it was a really it became heavier and heavier. And one day, I just realized I need help. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a huge turning point for me, and I've worked with different kinds of counselors. And so I'd be curious, uh, as our audience would be, uh, what kind of um, therapists do you have here on staff from different Asian cultural backgrounds, maybe, sure, yeah. different languages? And even if people are not of faith, mm-hmm. how, how do you serve it? Well, yeah, definitely. That's a, good, that's a really good question. Um, one thing I always say about Asian American Christian Counseling Service is that um, the name on the door, that's who we are. Um, you don't have to be any of those things necessary to come in and, and seek help with us. Um, I, I would say a good, probably, you know, maybe 30% of our folks that we serve aren't uh, either Asian or Christian. They don't really fit that, that quote-unquote demographic, per se. Um, but we bring, our, our therapist here will bring the, their own lived-in experience, their own uh, professional study, and, and their own heart and willingness to serve these communities into our work. Um, doesn't mean that we're going to, you know, say this is how Asians do it. That's just, that's a hard statement to make because there's so much diversity in Asian American. Um, it's not going to, you're, you're not going to get preached at when you come here. Um, because, you know, if you, if you want pastoral counseling, there's, there's plenty of pastors to do that out there. We really focus on, on, on the professional work, uh, within these communities, the context of the people that, that come in. Um, so to answer your question, uh, we have, uh, about 30 of our, our 30 therapists here. Hmm. Um, working in all the offices that I mentioned, and uh, language skills, speaking uh, just a variety of languages, um, uh, Mandarin, Cantonese, Japanese, Korean, um, uh, Vietnamese, Spanish, uh, Portuguese, mm-hmm. um, I'm missing one, Come here. Uh, Kamai, uh, oh, that's uh, cool. yeah, as well, um, <clears throat> and uh, it's important because we talk about context. We talk about people who come out of these contexts, maybe first-generation uh, folks, maybe immigrant families. Um, having to, There's something about having someone who speaks your own language to speak mm-hmm. into your own context that is comforting. And, and, and it really adds to this idea that I can come here, I can be known, I can be seen, I can struggle, and it's okay. Uh, but we're going to walk forward and, uh, out of this. Yeah, thank you. 
Thank you for mm -hmm. doing what you're doing. How yeah. long have you been with AACCS? Uh, I've been with AACCS for about uh, uh, coming up on five years now. I started here as a as a, as a uh, we used to call them marriage and family therapist uh, interns. We're now MFT associates. Um, but w what that is is it's a uh, it's someone who's graduated and they're now doing their training uh, towards licensure. Uh, I started here as an MFT associate um, and uh, kind of. There was a need at the clinic. There was a need to to step into a more administrative or business role, and uh, okay. I have I uh, I graduated from UCLA. I'm not uh, a, a therapist by trade and undergrad. I graduated from UCLA in 1998 with a business economics degree. Um, yeah. So I spent 10 years in investment management, okay. and uh, when the economy tanked, which was 2008 2009, okay. uh, like a lot of other people, I got laid off and uh, was really looking for something that I really wanted to do. Through taking about a year off, figured out that, um, yeah, I really like working with people. So I went to Fuller, got a marriage and family therapy degree. I ended up here. Um, so fast forward again to uh, where we were about a year and a half ago. There was a need for a full-time executive director. The fact that I was already working here as a, as a therapist, um, I, I stepped into that role uh, in October of... Uh, two years ago, so October of, uh, what was that, 16, 17? Yeah. 16. 16, yeah, October 16, yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. And how's that role been for you, and what's been uh, your joys as well as your challenges? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, going from banking, investment banking, to therapy and to executive director of a nonprofit, yeah, were yeah. a pretty big transition. Definitely steep learning curve. It's like it's a straight up, the other end is straight up. Um, the joy is that I really love what we do here. I love mm. the uh, intersection of, of a culture, of mental health, of faith. Um, and the work that we do here is valuable. The work that we do here is meaningful. So it's, it's really an honor and it's a privilege to really support that from a, from a business side. Um, the therapists here are, are excellent. Um, uh, we're kind of like a little family here. So supporting them and, and uh, taking care of that side for them so they can do great work is, is something I really love. Um, Again, challenges. It's a nonprofit, so in the nonprofit world, if any of you guys are nonprofit uh, oriented out there, you know it's tough. You know it's tough to put yourself out there. It's tough to look for support. It's tough to really articulate what your mission is and find like-minded people to come alongside you mm -hmm. in, the, in that professional aspect. Um, but uh, like I said, it's been it's been great, and I I, I love this job. I love this place. So I, I love what I'm doing here. Awesome. Glad yeah. you're doing what you're doing along with the uh, almost thirty other. Yeah, uh, therapists <clears throat> that are helping people through their uh, personal struggles, whatever that might look like. Mm -hmm. One more thing I'll say, and then we'll wrap this episode up. Uh, I know for me, when I was struggling, and sometimes I still do, um, it was hard to find resources about mental health. It was out there. Mm -hmm. uh, I could research it using a Google search and find things like um, the... Uh, mental health site from the government, mental health, uh, National Association of Mental Illness. There's a tremendous resource. We'll add a few more in the show notes. Um, but it looked, it just looked really clinical, right? really dated, and that just added more hurdle for me to access those resources. And I tried to find a support group where I could just go in and begin to meet some people and to understand. And those uh, didn't fit my schedule because I traveled for work. And uh, partly because I'm comfortable on social media, I was saying, well, why can't we bring this conversation on social media mm -hmm. so that 
people who are struggling can access this resource and this conversation in the privacy of their own home. Mm -hmm. Because it's not unusual for a high school student or a college student or a young adult that might have a strong connection with their family, and being Asian, they tend to, mm -hmm. that it would be really hard to breach that subject. Now, uh, once a person figures out that, hey, here's a great resource with therapy, mm -hmm. uh, um, talk therapy is yeah. typically what they call it, um, and they set up an appointment, mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure there's some hesitation and some discomfort trying to learn how to come and ha open that conversation. Yeah. Uh, how do you coach someone through so that people can you know, feel a little more at ease so that they can make most of that time? That, that conversation is so huge because that's that, those barriers to coming in, those barriers to getting help, they, they happen at every single level. Um, mm. uh, you talked about your own story about the awareness, like, okay, so I, I'm, I'm thriving, I'm doing well, but something's wrong, I need help. That's actually the first step in doing that. Mm. Um, and then looking for resources and then actually making the appointment, talking to someone about these things, coming out of that isolation is, is something that, that is, is, is very important uh, for, for folks out there who are hurting. Um, it's not, it, it isn't, yes, it's knowing what the resources are, but then that bravery, that, that courage mm -hmm. to come out and say, I do need help, and I, I'm going to seek out some help from people out there. Um, that, that's something we definitely honor in the clinic. Um, and what you, what you can expect in, in coming to, into a place like this, it's a smaller uh, community mental health clinic, is that um, we do understand where you came from. We, we understand mm -hmm. that you uh, took a big step to, to come into this office, to come into these rooms, and we definitely want to, to honor that. Um, one, of the, one of the things that uh, has, has been really instrumental in, in, in working with people, and, and I tell my, my therapist here all the time, is that slowing down, slowing down to really say, yeah, we see you, we honor you, mm. uh, you're welcome here, you're welcome to struggle here, you're welcome to be angry here, you're welcome to be sad here. Um, and that openness is, uh, is something I want people to experience their first time coming here. Mm. Um, these podcasts, these these webcasts, this series, um, really helps to put a face to um, to some of the work that we do. Otherwise, it is just a Google search. Otherwise, it is just a, a, something on a web page. Um, I'm hoping that hearing our story and hearing the story of some of our therapists and some of our friends and some of our, some of our advocates out there um, will really bring that personal level, personal touch to... Um, to what we do, to, to offer mm -hmm. that hand, to offer that base, to offer that uh, that level of comfort to people out there who are struggling. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful, and and of course confidentiality. Absolutely, yes, is there. Yes, and then some people have health insurance that mm -hmm. could be helpful. Yeah, definitely. Uh, confidentiality, first thing. Uh, that that idea of safety, that idea that it's safe to struggle, it's safe to be ha to be sad, it's struggle uh, that that safe to struggle in these rooms. Um, that has to be protected. Um, that sense of of courage coming out has to be honored and that sense of safety within these rooms has to be protected and um, everything that we say and do is you know it's confidential here with the exception of, of what we're mandated to report so if there's child abuse and mm -hmm. uh, abuse situations or, or situations where uh, there's a safety issue someone's physically in peril um, we will we'll go out and get help but other than that it's safe to be it's, it's you can expect that no one's going to talk about what you talk about here except you and your counselor um, as far as insurance, yeah, accessibility is, is a big thing for us as well in terms of finances. So we do accept insurance, uh, a lot of different insurance, we're on a lot of different insurance panels. 
Um, and we do, for the folks that we aren't able to offer them insurance uh, co-pays uh, as their payment, we, we try to keep our, our fees low. We are a nonprofit. We, uh, this is our mission. Uh, and we want to be accessible to put those out there in the community. We work with um, uh, a lot of family foundations and a lot of uh, partners that will fund uh, therapy for a lot of different groups out there so we can get a subsidized rate uh, if, like, for instance, you're working in uh, ministry or, mm -hmm. or pastors or, um, in other cases, uh, uh, with different uh, ethnic groups, we'll get uh, grant money to, to help subsidize those, those uh, sessions for you sometimes. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So good of you to be a part of this very helpful uh, service uh, to our communities. Yeah. Asian-American communities. Uh, what is your ethnic background, just for the record? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm Chinese-American. Um, I'm one of those, those uh, Chinese-American folks whose family came over uh, around the turn of the century, so the classic uh, came over, uh, you know, to, to build the railroads and the gold rush. Uh, that, that's my family. My great-grandfather came over uh, to the States, uh, I want to say 1902. Uh, my, my family history, uh, it's, it's passed down like a lot of people's from uh, from oral histories, so they're unreliable sometimes, and, and they change sometimes here and there. But around the turn of the century, uh, my my great grandfather came over. Um, he uh, wanted to come to America, so got on a boat. Uh, didn't know that there were uh, Chinese Chinese exclusion laws uh, in place in, in in the United States around that time. So uh, he got turned away from New York. Uh, the boat uh, that he was on forcibly uh, asked him to disembark. Uh, in Mexico, uh, and kind of left him and uh, the rest of the boat stranded there in Mexico, um, and through a lot of uh, uh, <laughs> through a long family history, he kind of found himself in Texas, and uh, mm. uh, at that time called for you know got got my great grandfather over here, got his uh, great -gra his grandkids over here, and they settled in Texas and moved to California at some point. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So excellent. That, that's that a long will, answer. That's a long that will answer, be, yeah. Actually, that's a teaser yeah. for a future episode where we'll really dig into your story as yeah. well as uh, some of the passions and areas that you've worked on. So sure, yeah. Thank you for teeing that up. Yeah. And then I will be sharing a bit of my story in a future episode. And the spe uh, uh, how should I say this? I, I want to introduce who's going to be the yeah. interviewer for all of these yeah. um, uh, episodes. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be my son. And so we're shooting in real time. I'm just going to invite him up. Sure, yeah. Dan, thank you for Come being up. here. Yeah, thank you. All right. Because yeah. <clears throat> I'm thinking this is our kickoff episode. Let's let's show people what we're doing. Okay, Jeremiah, All right. thank yeah. you for sitting down with me. And we're just going to take a few minutes to introduce you. And then um, rather than me, me and Eunice co-hosting the, the summer series, my son Jeremiah, he's going to tell you about himself will be the interviewer with the various guests that we have, which include therapists and non-therapists uh, sharing about their uh, life through uh, living healthy. So Jeremiah, tell us in 90 seconds who you are and why you're part of this project. Thanks. Uh, so I'm Jeremiah Chuang, and first thing you know about me is, of course, that I'm DJ's son. And so, well, that's why I'm interested in this project, because I've seen DJ develop this passion over five years uh, and slowly build this project and find people to help him. And it's been really amazing to see what social media can do and what technology can do to help people witness honest and healthy conversation. Um, 
And of course it has a personal side too because DJ struggles with mental health. And so as I've grown up, I've seen what that struggle has looked like and I've seen how it's affected how I've grown up and how it affects our family. And so both, both of those reasons are why I'm invested in this project and why I really want to help out by interviewing and helping uh, both personal stories and professional advice, uh, helping to understand that from people and helping to interview and talk that out. Wonderful. And tell people uh, what you do now. You're right now I'm a student at Biola University and I study math there and I'm hoping to go to grad school probably at UCI. Uh, our family will live in Orange County and so I always wanted to be close to home uh, which is I think that was part of me being raised in Asian America is to have those strong family values and uh, so I'm looking forward to being in the area uh, because I plan to be doing a lot of schooling for a while to study more math in the future. Uh, but another fun fact is that I'm a musician. I play the trumpet and so um, that's been important for me and my emotional health and being able to express myself uh, and also participate in a community with a whole band of people. And so... Ha ha ha. That's a little bit about me and you'll see me soon in the next episodes. Well, I'm a proud dad. Thank you for being a part of this project with me. And I hope there'll be a lot of fun for you to learn about um, career choices, about different aspects of life that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. All right. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Great. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Erasing Shame series. And we're going to be talking about mental health for the next uh, almost three months. And so be sure to subscribe on YouTube or Facebook or iTunes and get connected to us at erasingshame.com. Uh, until next time, we'll um, be online. Bye-bye. Uh, Thank you for joining us for this episode of Erasing Shame About Mental Health. Visit our website for all of our episodes at erasingshame.com. Please subscribe on iTunes or YouTube and like us on Facebook.